field. First down and a beautiful cut to spring himself. And he'll break another tackle. And now Wazoo is back in front. Felton's got it in his hands and the playmaker scores for UCLA. Hit from behind and the ball is out. And the Bruins have recovered. As we get ready for this week's college football games, we can only expect more fireworks. After a week that we saw, <laughs> I gotta laugh. Anthony Gordon with 570 yards, nine touchdowns, two interceptions, and a pear tree lose a game. What a terrific week of college football, and we're looking ahead. We say goodbye to an era, and most likely we won't see him again in Eli Manning. I'll have some thoughts on that. But USC and UW is coming up. You're listening to NYC, NYSCA, Will Sanchez, Dory Bennett, as we kick off another week here on our fantastic podcast. <laughs> what a wonderful little podcast. Let me stop being silly. What, are you excited about this week's uh, games coming up? I, I'm so excited about this week's matchups. Uh, just getting back a little bit, though, to the two Pac-12 matchups that really were the marquee nationally nationally uh wsu and ucla that led the national college football final show on espn that w- that led their night once that game was over and then beat washington putting a beat down on byu it was a clinic it made ever i think it put out there that hey byu they might be good but you still got to put on your pants one leg at a time to play with the big boys. And Washington put a hurt on them and a clinic. So it was great. It really was great. It was the first big road game for the Huskies to see what they could do. And uh, I thought it was just a, it, it showed what the Huskies can truly do when everything's working for them. You know, going back to the Washington State game, uh, you know, listen, that game is great for many reasons, right? It's entertaining. If you're a defensive coach or coordinator, you hate the game, right? You're like, please, somebody tackle somebody, do something. I, I can't. I, I can only imagine what the defensive coordinators were going through, not only in that game, but across the country watching these games. But as far as getting good publicity for the Pac-12, you know, most of these games are late. Uh, a lot of the East Coast are either going to bed or watching a movie, or, you know, whatever the case is. But if you're at home, you're seeing the score, you think the game is over, and all of a sudden you see this comeback happening, and you're like, honey, sweetie, I, I apologize. Let's pause the movie. I've got to put this game on because some craziness is about to happen. So on a national level, a game like that is great for the yeah. Pac-12 and for both schools, you yeah. know. So yeah. it's... Uh, it's really interesting to uh, to see the ramifications and the talk after yeah. a game like that. Right. Well, and, and WSU really has made their mark with ESPN game day, right? The flag is up there at yes. every single game day. And Mike Leach, I feel like he has a feature on every game day. They call it going to school with the professor, right? <laughs> and so now this just adds to the, the legend. I don't know if we want to call it even legend, but... What Mike Leach does, he he crosses more boundaries and he crosses over into areas that have nothing to do with football, but he pulls people that may not be interested in football in because of his very eclectic way that he looks at athletics and then applies it to the real world, his world. 
I'm not sure that that's always real. And he's such a military guy. It's always surprising to me that his teams don't play defense. You know, it. You know, we're going to talk about the USC game and, <laughs> we and are. UW, we'll but there, but, yes. but let's let, let let's leave that for for later. Let's kind of just stay where you're at with with uh, with Leach. You know, he's had. Uh, Great quarterbacks in the system. He runs a great system, right? And obviously, the NFL has been, you know, taken by storm by the mustache, you know, yep. by Gardner Minshew and everything that he's done, the, the way he's played the game, the way he's been prepared, um, and his love for the Cougars. The fact that he was right. at the game, yep. came back on, you know, after playing on uh, Thursday night, next day flies out and kind of hangs out. It's just, you know, every fan's kind of guy, you know, he's just coming out, yep. supporting his team having a great time, being responsible, not acting a fool, you know, and, and let's be clear to, you know, our, our, our younger listeners, you can be a cool cat, yep, have a great time, and still conduct yourself in a manner that is appropriate, you know? So it, it's just great to see someone uh, just having a great time with both fan bases. And obviously, right. the Jacksonville Jaguars are loving Minshew. The NFL is loving Minshew. And now, you know, still, even though he's gone from college, he's not. He's still a part of it. Yeah. But going back to um, Leach, you know, he's he's getting these these quarterbacks ready. We, we saw, you know, Luke Falk, you know, he's having a hard time. But the Jets are a bad team also. So their system and, yeah. you know, they, they're having some issues. And now he's got this kid that, you know, and, um, and Gordon, uh, Anthony Gordon, like said earlier, you know, 570 yards, nine touchdowns, two interceptions, uh, everything that he's doing right now in, uh, in college football. Yeah. Uh, Leach knows how to get quarterbacks ready to play the game. Right. And um, he does. And, he and does. you know, the college football benefits from it. And now maybe the NFL yeah, does, too, do. also. And those stats that you just rattled off, that, that was in one game. That, that, yes, that, that, that was, was a one. That was a single game statistics in a Those losing effort in, in a, a losing, losing effort, effort right <laughs> in a losing effort so i will still uh. I, I still feel that i'm not always sure that leach puts all of his players in the right place to be successful right yes yes that, the that, system uh, works for uh, say that again okay say say what you just said again I'm all not, of his players all of his players i'm not always sure that he puts all of his players in the best position to get a w I'm not. Oh, I'm not convinced of that, yeah. and and that too is is Leach's legacy, right? Yeah. And since Alex Grinch left, to and went to Ohio State, now he's at Oklahoma. The WSU defense has not been the same. They haven't been the same, and I think it just goes to show that there are there's a special cat that needs to be there to coach the defense, right? And he he's gone off to other pastures and is now at Oklahoma and finally got their defense going well. So I think that Leach, he is who he is. He's never going to change. When you have a son or if you have a son that wants to play in his system, you need to really understand that there are two coach leeches. Okay. There's the one that might be sitting in the living room recruiting your kid. Yep. And there's also the one that if he didn't recruit you, you, you probably have no chance of playing for him because then that's almost like proving him wrong that he didn't recruit you. So it, it's a, it's an interesting dynamic, right? But people in Pullman, WSU, Cougar fans, alumni, they, most of them, 
they could, he is great. And a lot of that now is coming from the, from the connection that he continues to have with Gardner Minshew. And, and let's be fair. I, yeah. I don't have the numbers in front of me. I don't know what the numbers are, but I did look at um, when it came down to recruiting the Pac-12. Right. And Washington State was at the bottom as far as getting the top recruits mm-hmm. in the country that come into the Pac-12. Mm-hmm. So you're always going to struggle, especially on the defensive side of the ball, when getting those type of players to come to your school. Yeah. And because he's such a great offensive coach, he's able to put his players offensively in positions where they can score points. Yeah. You know, so that's not, you know, yeah. whether he should be running the ball more when you have such a big league or anything. We're not even going to get into all that. No. But to be fair, right. he does not get the top recruits. No. Talking just the Pac-12, not even talking right. about the other leagues. Right. In the Pac-12, they right. were in the bottom, the last team in the Pac-12 yeah. when it came down to recruiting. Uh, going back to Anthony Gordon, I mean, Let's he's, take, he's yeah. taken the NCAA by storm. Right. He's number one in every category, yeah. completion, attempts, passing yards. Uh, passing yards per attempt, uh, passing touchdowns, I mean, efficiency rating, total plays, total yards, responsible touchdowns, number one in every single category. And I know it's an early season, but, I mean, it's mind-boggling to see these numbers already. And you, you look, he's been there for three years. This is his third year. Right. He waited his time to get there and... Call, and and guys came in, transferred in, right? Gardner Minshew transferred in. Um, this last year, a, the kid from Eastern was a grad transfer to come in. And so he's been there. He stayed the course. He's waited his turn. And now he's out there showing what it, what, you know, that's what it takes. That's what it takes to be successful. Every once in a while, you're going to get a Gardner Minshew. And we talked about it, man. He is wired different. He is a cat that is wired different. And and But what he brought to that team I think still resonates. I really do. I think it has had this this carryover effect where now Anthony Gordon has said, okay, and Gardner was at spring ball and helped them and helped those quarterbacks. So he stuck around and helped those quarterbacks even when he was going through training and preparing for going to in, uh, into the NFL draft. So th- this, this, this guy is, he's one in a million. You don't find them all the time, but thank you, Gardner Minshew for really galvanizing the country, galvanizing the country. 2017, Anthony Gordon did not throw complete or have a pass, right? That was a sophomore year. Junior year, he had five attempts in two games. So far in four games, 183 <laughs> attempts, 137 completion percent. That's a, almost 75% of his passes are being completed. He has almost 1,900 yards with 21 touchdowns and four interceptions. And the last two years, he's thrown five passes. <laughs> well, all I can say is, man, I'm pretty sure there was a lot of ice on that shoulder and that uh, arm know, at the end of the game. I was going to say that. I, I want to know what the – we, we got to get him on. We should call uh, Wazoo's uh, – uh, you know, Sports information sport, director. Yeah, yeah. Who is the masseuse? Who's giving the massages? How many times – you know, how many – is yeah. he's going for massage after every practice, after the game, right? right. We saw – we've seen Falk. We've seen a lot of these quarterbacks kind of right. go out there and they're right. throwing the ball around 60 times a game, 65 times a game. Yeah. I mean – 
you know, it, it's almost kind of like if, if you have an old baseball analogy where pitchers pitch and they go out there and they throw the ball and you don't see it as much now, but you have like a, a Clemens and some of these older pitchers, they, you know, they say like, I threw the ball every single day to keep my arm strong. Clemens right. would throw, if he wasn't throwing a, a baseball, he was throwing a football, you know? So I don't know if just you know, throwing the repetitions well, and, yeah, and whatever right. it is, but my lord, I wonder if they have to get like a, a extra large on the right side and then like a large on the left side because his body is all disconfigured from from all of the arm no. strength and all no, the throwing. No, man, okay, we want, no, no, all right. no, 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 man, we want symmetry. We want symmetry because what we know when you throw the ball, when you throw the ball for as a quarterback position, that left shoulder, if you're a right-handed passer, thrower, your, your left shoulder is just as important as your right shoulder. Come on now. We know they need both and we want symmetry. But talking quarterback, and talking Pac-12 quarterbacks, it, it, it's starting to feel like we have. I mean, you can't look at look at UCLA's quarterback, right? Yep. Look at look at Oregon's quarterback, uh, right? Herbert. We have Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert. How about let's talk about the dogs? We have the dogs quarterback, Jason East or Jacob Eason, who. Todd Go ahead, McShay. say Tony Easton. Just say Tony I Eason. want to say Tony every single time. It just is like, oh my gosh, it's on my tongue. But Jacob Eason, I wanted Todd McShay in the WS or the UWBYU game to just be quiet. Just be quiet. Let us keep him like right here for more than a season. But Todd McShay said that after that BYU game, it, uh, Jacob Eason is no longer a secret. And no one was talking about him beginning of the year. No one was even... We were talking about him. Well, we were. We were, we talking, were talking about, about him. him early and often. In fact, we were talking about him last year, anticipating what he would be doing this year. Yeah. We really were. Yeah. But none of the national media was even... He was not even on their radar. He's such a big kid. Oh, and he's so good. And he's so smooth. And the... the oh, my God. The throws he can make... The throws he can make are going to separate him from other quarterbacks in a very fast way. They they will. It's he's no longer a secret. People, no longer a secret. He's got he's ten touchdowns, two interceptions. Um, Obviously, it's still early in the season. We're going to see. you know, yeah, a game like USC that's going to be coming up and, and seeing what other games uh, yeah. come, come about. And really just trying to get to that national stage, you know, so mm-hmm. just want to kind of keep winning some games because little bit, little it, it's, bit. Go, it's going to step. be difficult. You know, if we look at the Pac-12 standings, you know, California 4-0 is at the top of the standings. And yeah. it's absolutely amazing what they've done. Their defense travels and- with no offense. Let's just really be clear. Defense. Defense wins games. Uh, did Mike Leach maybe not get that memo? But with Justin, with, right? He's like, defense boards me. Yeah. I will put up 70,000 points. And, and it's no secret why Cal's defense is so good. Justin Wilcox and Peter Sermon are the key to that defense and why it's so good. One's a head coach. The other one's the linebacker coach. But let's just say they've been roommates since they played together at the University of Oregon. Okay? And they came here. They were coaches here together. They were coaches together in Tennessee. It is no secret why Cal's defense is the number fifth best defense in the country right now. Their offense just keeps getting by. And the end of that Ole Miss game was so controversial. I feel like that's a whole nother show. 
Listen, Wilcox so, loves his defense. That's who he, he was. Should. That's who you know. You, you brought up Oregon. Um, he, he came in. I believe he was a cornerback. There's too much competition. Then became a safety. Then at, he was at the safety oh, okay. spot, and he moved to safety. I believe it was his sophomore year after freshman year because he was buried on the depth chart and played defense. Um, he, I believe, he got a, a phone call to come try out for the Washington, for Washington. I won't say their nickname, but that's not the way I roll. But he did get a call with Washington. Then uh, was at Boise State. Right. He was at Boise with, State with be- Peterson before Peterson, and then went away, and then came back eventually to uh, Boise State in 2006. He was there early on as a GA in, in 2001, 2002, and Peterson wasn't there yet. And then he went to California, then went back and was there at Boise State. Yeah, with uh, with Peterson and so on and so forth. We right. don't need to go down no. the line, but no. listen, if you would have told me, and and I'm obviously there's. People way smarter than, than me. If you would have said California is going to be oh. first in the Pac-12 and this no. is the way you know this season was sh- uh, shaping out yeah. to be, there's no way. Yeah. Um, just They're just a solid team. I, they, they're going to play you tough. Right. They're going to play you tough. They're going to play you they're tough. They're going to play you tough. But, but you as a team, though, need to be able to um, – first of all, you need to be able to run the ball. Okay? And Washington could not run the ball – against Cal's defense, okay? We couldn't get it done. We should have been. We have horses on the offensive Mm -hmm. line, okay? So that should have happened. The other piece was there were way too many drop balls by the receivers. Um, Jacob Eason had a lot of balls dropped. So I will tell you that Cal is going to get beat this year, and they're going to get beat by a Pac-12 North team. I believe Oregon will beat them. I think even WSU might beat them. We'll see. But we need, we as in the UW people, we need Cal to lose twice in order to get to the Pac-12 championship game. And I know that's way down the line, and a lot of games have to happen between now and then, and we just don't know. That's why we play the games every single week. But Cal is a huge surprise to be leading the Pac-12 North, and really they have the best record in the entire Pac-12. Well, you're going to have an opportunity because, you know, second, really tied for second is Oregon, Washington, Washington State, all at three and one. Right. And they're all going to play one another. So, you know, you're going right. to be able to to separate yourself or move up, move down and right. put yourself in position. Hey, let's give credit in, in the South. And we're talking about the North, but in the South, Colorado, three and one, USC, right. three, and, three and one, right. tied for that top spot. Colorado. Year in and year out, solid, solid team yep. that always shows up, plays well, and uh, just kudos to them. You know, think about it. You know, California and Colorado at the at the top of the standings in the north and the south. Incredible, <laughs> Crazy. great jobs Crazy. by the by the coaches. Yeah, it really is. So, uh, getting into this week's games. Yep. And SC is coming to Washington. A couple of things about SC. They hate to play in the rain. I was really hoping we would have rain on Saturday. Uh, aren't you S- doing a rain dance? Yeah, See, no. I'm doing a little rain dance. Okay, a little rain dance. Wearing Shouldn't all Shouldn't be purple. too hard. We're in no, Seattle, right? We're in Seattle, but we have sunshine coming. We have sunshine today. But seriously, it is the celebration this weekend. We are celebrating the all I saw was purple game from 1990 when Washington and SC played, and that was the quote that went viral, even in 1990 went viral, by Todd Marinovich, the quarterback at the time. He only, he was absolutely 
made just he he was down every single time he saw him. And what was happening? Purple. Purple everywhere. He said, All I saw was purple. Washington won that game thirty one to zero. Thirty one zero. And the Huskies went on to win the Rose Bowl. Um against Iowa that year. But it was an absolute epic game. Absolutely epic game. So this weekend, when everybody goes to the Husky game, wear your purple. We want a purple out at at UW. And uh, you got to bring it, people. Have to be there early. Have to be there often. This SC, SC team is young. They have their third-string quarterback, but they're kind of loaded at quarterback. He's a freshman. They can move the ball around. And they're getting better every week. Yes, they lost in overtime to BYU. But they are getting better every single week. And so that just means that what do we need to do? Huskies got to raise the level and get better every week. Our defense is has been a little bit, oh, tested. Mm-hmm. Okay. And they're young. There are nine players that played starting this year that hadn't started on defense before. So the defense is a little young, but I think every day, every game, they have stepped it up, gotten better. Uh, my one concern is that BYU did a, get, did complete a lot of passing routes to the tight end. And yes, Washington kept the defense in or the offense in front of them, but it was seriously, there was some yardage gained in the passing game. We shut down the, the run extremely well, but the passing game, especially to the tight end and receivers on those in routes, th- there was a lot of yardage game by BYU on that. So that is a bit of a concern coming into this game with USC being able to really throw the ball as well. It, it's amazing what they've done. Um, obviously JT Daniels was supposed to be their guy this year, gets yes. hurt in the first game and uh, was, you know, is now out for the, for the season uh, with a torn ACL and meniscus in his right knee, uh, which is sad. You don't see any of these kids get no, hurt like that. You don't. Um, and, you know, and he was, yeah, he got hurt, you know, playing football, you know, just, right. you know, just trying to get extra yards, trying to do his thing. And uh, then, you know, you get another player coming in and, uh, and uh, Slovis and, you know, he gets knocked out. <laughs> He's got a concussion. Now, Matt Fink last week had a great game. He was 21 of 30. They really performed well. Uh, but now you have tape on him, which right. is great for Washington. At least they, they at least could see one week of, of this new quarterback. Right. But kudos to USC, you know. Yeah. And, and listen, there's, there's going to be a lot of rumblings about Clay Helton, right? Whether it's right, wrong, or indifferent, right? Uh, Lynn Swan has already hightailed it out of there. He's gone, you know, and Helton's out there. Uh, there's been rumors about Urban Meyer maybe taking the job next year. So you, you're kind of hoping, you know, for, for a guy, you know, whether you like him or not. And, and I'm all for coaches that step into yeah. situations that are difficult and, are, and they're going to lose a lot of games, but they're trying to fix their program. Right. You know, and I want to give credit so to Helton because there's, a, there's things that you could look at and be like, what is he doing? But there's, there's still plenty of things that he's come in when nobody wanted to to take the job uh-huh. when they were at the bottom which is hard to say for USC where they're normally you know right there and he's picked them up right you know and you kind of want to see him get a chance to kind of you know uh right the ship which he's doing now right and he might lose his job so hopefully that's not going to be the case and they'll keep that in mind he's working with his third his third string quarterback already yeah well and one of the things about Helton is that he he was there under Sarkeesian 
So he was there under Sark and that mess. Okay? Hot mess. Hot mess. Muy caliente. And, oh, man. In fuego. <laughs> and then Sark, that whole mess goes by, right? And he's the interim, right? And he's hanging around and then really has to prove himself. But the one thing you can see every week is that the players are playing hard for him. Yes. They believe in him. When when he was the quarterback coach there, um, my nephew, Blaine John, worked the USC football camp and was directly working and worked directly with Helton. And he said he's great to work for. He is. Um, he thought he was a really good coach. And so I think that give this guy a chance. Give him a chance. It's like Ogeron at LSU. The guy was forever, because Ogeron was at USC and was an interim at USC and then didn't get hired. So then he goes down to LSU as an assistant and then everything goes south with Miles, with Les Miles. And then what happens? Then he's on as an interim again, right? But the one thing you could see with Ogeron at SC and with Ogeron at LSU and now Helton at, L- at SC is that these players play hard for them. Yep. And if I'm the head of a, of a program, if I'm the athletic director of a program and I see how hard these players are dedicated to this coach, I think that's already a plan for success. They're going to have to worry about Michael Pittman Jr. Um, at the, at the wide receiver slot. Um, yep. They're, they've got wide receivers. Oh, you know, listen, I, I could say the same thing for Tons how, of talent. you know how, how many decades they always have wide receivers. They always have running backs. Maybe they're not exactly where they're at. Then is not a Reggie Bush or one of these right. guys, but they've got some talented kids right. on the team. And if you're a defense in transition, that's kind of got some young guys like you dub. You've got to be careful. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's one of these. You know, we don't want to call them trap games. So it's too easy to say that, but you kind of get the gist of oh, yeah. uh, of being ready. You know, for a team like USC that's going to come in and listen. Yeah. They're they're going to want to come in and make some noise. You know, right. both teams are ranked, and whoever wins this game is going to just move up in the rankings. Right, and uh, the 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 positive is that that we saw the Washington coaches and what I mean they've been doing watching film, players been watching film, but saw them against BYU. Right. Well, guess what? Then SC saw Washington against BYU. Yeah. So what that does to your game plan, I would say, let's hope we stick with our strength. Okay. I am a bit concerned on the ridiculous trick plays that Washington calls inside the red zone. Okay. That makes my head hurt. They get a little little too cute. That makes my head hurt. It's not necessary. No. It is not necessary. You have Jacob Eason at quarterback. You have running backs, even though we didn't have um, Savon Ahmed at BYU. Yeah. Okay, we've got McGrew. We have Pleasant. We have, oh, who's the, uh, Newton. Okay. We, we, we have Kate Otten at, at tight end. We have receivers. Okay. You don't need to get cute. And we have an offensive line that most of them are going to end up in the NFL. They are that big and that good. So stop running the trick plays and stick with an offense, okay, and trust your offense. Like you said before, you know, we have, uh, or not we, but UW has a pro-style quarterback, you know, so. Use him. Use him. Trust him. Use him. He has gifts. He can get the ball where most quarterbacks can't get the ball and can't, including the NFL. Yeah. Including the guys in the NFL. So, man, Use his strengths. We don't need the trick plays, Coach. OC, we don't need the trick plays. (laughs)
<laughs> you know, just uh, just looking around at, at at the rest of the college football landscape. You know, without getting into all the teams, um, I'm looking at Oklahoma. You know, Oklahoma and Lincoln Riley's offense. Um, once again, over Loaded. 600 total yards. They've done that their first three games. Um, they've done that 23 times the last 55 games. Yeah. They've produced the last two Heisman uh, winners in Kyler Murray and Baker Mayfield. And now they have uh, the transfer Jalen Hurts. And, uh, you know, he's right there. 880 passing yards, nine touchdowns, no interceptions, almost 400 rushing yards, four touchdowns, yada, yada, yada. Lincoln Riley, 36 years old. Yeah. Back-to-back Big 12 champs. Coach of the Year, Big 12. Is Lincoln Riley going to be in Oklahoma next year? Or does... <laughs> and, and and the reason I asked this question where you yeah. never would ask the question be, right. before it would be a given, but they pay the coaches right. so well now because yeah. they don't have to pay the college kids. Right. You know, that... They, I mean, I believe what he's making... He's making $6.5 million a year already. Right. And before you would go to the NFL to make your money. So now it becomes a question because normally you'd be like... You've got to take the NFL job, go make the big money. Right. Big money's there in college, but still it becomes a question with the young quarterbacks that you see in the NFL and you're seeing a lot of them now. You're starting to see that transition. Besides a Rivers, a Breeze, a Brady, this is a young league now. A very, very young league. And very league. exciting. And they're bringing in younger coaches. We see it in Arizona. We see it in certain places. LA. You could see a couple of good places, good jobs that might have some openings, yeah. you know, where in the Just, NFL. Yeah. So it'll be really interesting if, let's say, not even having a Heisman, another Heisman, but, you know, the quarterback in the top three, top five in the Heisman, you know, Oklahoma goes out, wins the, 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 uh, the 12 again, the Big 12 again, you know, becomes where you start to ask that question. Yeah. Is he still going to be there? And if so... I, the only reason he will stay there is, you know, hey, six and a half, I want 10 a year. Well, and if that's what it gets to, my guess is that Oklahoma will find the money to keep him. My, my question is more on the side of... That's what boosters are for. That's exactly what they're for. <laughs> but my, my, I, I, think, I think another way to look at it is the NFL and the college game are very different because of what you have control of as the head coach. Very, very different. Rarely do you see a situation like the Seahawks have, where the general manager and the or and the and the head coach are a tandem that decides what kind of which players to get. Rarely is it that way. Rarely. Okay. When you are the head coach of a college team, you pretty you hire your assistants to go out and find those players that fit your system, mm-hmm. right? As the head coach, you have much more control over what your team looks like, what they sound like. And I will tell you that you have less headaches. You have less headaches because the players are playing. They're, they're still considered student athletes. It's a different mindset than the NFL mindset of an NFL player. Some of the benefits, so which right? So you want, right? Yeah, well, right. Yeah, exactly. It's completely different, right? Um, NFL, you, you don't have to worry about recruiting. 
right? You, you don't have no. to be out there on your off season or doing all the recruiting. No, also, we we yeah. know how difficult it is. And, and I, yeah. I know there's a million coaches on your staff that are making those phone calls and doing a lot of that stuff, right? So it's, it's going to be interesting because it's going to come up. It's just going to come up. Lincoln Riley is that is going to be that college coach that people are going to look at and say, you know, hey, if we put him in, let's say, Jacksonville, you know, if we put him in some some of these other spots in the yeah. NFL, yeah. will they will they take us to the promised land? Will that offense will be in? He's only thirty six years old. Will right. a thirty six year old be more relatable than you know some of these older coaches? You know, you have a coach in Tampa Bay that might be coaching another year or two. He already quit the Arizona job. You know, so there are a lot of spots there where you're going to see an influx of some of these new coaches. We we saw, you know, Green Bay. Green Bay has a new younger coach. So we're starting to see some of that trend. And we know his name is going to come up just because he's going to be the hot ticket. But, you know, it's going to be really interesting. Um we don't have too much time left because we we've got uh, we we we've got other things that we need to do. We just wanted to touch base a little bit and just kind of have a little bit of fun talking about the the USC uh, UW game. Um, I just real quick, yes. just because you know I'm from New York and uh, I'm a big Giants fan, right? And we saw that uh, the the player of the week, the offensive player of the week, was Daniel Jones, right? And Daniel yes. Jones is now. Uh, become the starter for the New York Giants and pretty much will continue to be the starter for the New York Giants. They, they, there's no scenario unless he gets hurt where we oh. will see Eli Manning play again this year. And I don't think Eli Manning's the type of player that's going to want a farewell farewell tour week you know 16 saying hey you know why don't we bring you in to say goodbye or something like that because most right. likely the giants are going to be out of contention because their defense is just atrocious they're so bad defensively and they they have so many holes yeah. offensively also and but Saquon really Barkley got hurt and Saquon's going to be out you know 6 to 8 weeks with that right. high ankle sprain and there's no reason to rush him back and I hope no. that the Giants are smart about that. Regardless, I don't want to. I don't want to get. I don't want to digress too much here. But <laughs> you know, I just, I just want to kind of talk about Eli Manning because this is a guy that we've seen for 16 years. You know, yes. a, a, a a guy that has lived in the shadow of his brother. You know, a Hall Pre- of Fame, pretty much quarterback, yep. right? So the it just the difficulty of doing that, being in the NFL and performing. You know, he's played every game except for the one game that they didn't start on because of Geno Smith, which was absolutely ridiculous. That was not the way to handle it. He's been consistent, and he's someone that you can rely on, someone that has played hurt and has done the job. Um, Don't we call that being a professional? He's he's been a professional every single way. He's been a professional every step of the way. And what he did last week... And the support he gave David Jones, Daniel, Daniel Jones, yeah. excuse me, was exactly what you would expect of Eli Manning. He did not disappoint. He did not disappoint. Anybody that thinks that that wasn't eating him up, oh, does not realize what kind of competitor you have to be to play in the NFL in any right. pro sports. Because right. as a public figure. You get criticized every single step of the way. So you have to have 
enough confidence in yourself to overcome those things. For him to go from the starting quarterback to the practice squad, because now he goes to the practice squad quarterback, to sit on the sidelines, to not be there, to sit at your locker and the locker right next to you is Daniel Jones and have a horde of reporters around Daniel Jones and not around you. So on and so on and so forth. It is so difficult, but to stay professional Right. And still do the right things. Right. Just shows why he was man of the year. Well, I forgot what year it was, but he won the man of the year award. Right. And it's just the constant professional. Right. And just kudos to Eli yep. on handling his business the way he's been handling it. Yeah. And Eli was once in Daniel Jones' shoes. It was, what, 12 years ago that Eli was? 16. 16. Oh, my goodness. 16. So 16 years ago. Eli Manning came in as the high-drafted rookie. And let's not forget that he said no to the San Diego Chargers. Mm-hmm. Said he would not, if they drafted him, he would not go there. They drafted him and did the trade. Yes. So so he even goes to New York with a little bit of controversy around him just to start with from the draft, right? Yeah. And New York, apparently can be a tough place to play. Ben Roethlisberger would have would have had a hard time. Would have may not have made it is what we know about him. Yeah, because he already had an incident in in Pittsburgh. He had a couple yeah. incidents in Pittsburgh. Right. But we'll, we but, won't get into but that. But Eli, <laughs> I, I don't think that he, that this is lost on anyone that says you know what, every quarterback knows at some point it's going to be their time. Are they ever ready for that? No. But I also believe that because the head coach at Duke is such great friends. I mean, he was Eli's coach. Quarterback coach. Quarterback yeah. coach in, in college and also coached um, uh, Peyton. I mean, he's, yeah. he's a, well, he he's runs a all friend his clinics, of the Mannings, just, yeah, right? Yeah. Family yeah. friend of the Mannings. Friend. Lifelong friend. Like family, right? And so I don't think any of this is a surprise. And I just, you know, let's applaud Eli because we have a lot of professional athletes out there that don't act professionally when either when the camera's on them or when it's not. And Eli is one of the exceptions to what we have been seeing. And I would love to see more of that. And and kudos to him. I think it's a great it's a great statement. Great statement you made for all the guys that think that that defense carried him to two Super Bowl uh, championships. They're absolutely misinformed. Yeah. Um, in eight games on his two Super Bowl runs, right, seven of those were on the road. He played one home game, yeah. right. Fifteen touchdowns, two interceptions. He was. He threw for hundred. He threw the ball 163 times, completed 106, right. over 1,200 yards. Yeah. I mean, he played at Tampa, at Dallas, at Green Bay in overtime, where Tom Coughlin's face almost fell off. Right, right. then beat New England. The second time around, 2011. And New England, wasn't that the Super Bowl when they beat yes. New England? And New England was the undefeated team going yes. into that. Right, they had the best record in the NFL, and they were undefeated, and no one gave the Giants a chance. In 2011, that was the only home game that they had. They beat up on Atlanta. They went back to Green Bay. They went back. They went to San Francisco where Eli was beat up, bloodied up, did not come out of that game, and they won in overtime. And then they went back and played New England again 
and beat them again. Yeah. So anyone that doesn't think that this guy is not a gamer, not right. a Hall of Famer, right, just doesn't understand what goes into the position of right. quarterback right. in the NFL to play the game yeah. for 16 seasons, to, to have two Super Bowls, to win MVP of both those Super Bowls, and for any, they're like, oh, well, he didn't lead the league. Terry Bradshaw didn't lead the league. Uh, oh, one of the greatest quarters, Joe Montana, he never lead the league in passing. There's numerous guys yeah. throughout their careers. Because leading the league in passing doesn't necessarily mean that that your team is going to end up in the Super Bowl. There are no, I mean, that that stat, I think, is absolutely, can can be overrated. It really can. So with all that... Um, kudos to Eli. We may not have seen the last of him because he is the backup quarterback. God forbid anything happens to Daniel Jones, but let's just make sure that Eli. He, is, he's he's done unless he's, unless he has to come in for injury. Exactly, I think that was the last I mean. the that last that we've seen. I, I don't it. think he'll play for another team. No, I think that the league has gone into a different way. They want a running quarterback at this point. They want a younger guy, and I think he doesn't want to play for another organization. I yeah. think he's going to retire yeah. as soon as this season's over, and uh, and that'll be that. But. Right. Um, you know, I, I appreciate everything that he's mm-hmm. done. I, I think it would have been very difficult for Roethlisberger and even Philip Rivers uh, to, to deal with the New York media, to, to deal with it, um, the ins and out of it. And I think he's just been professional, respectful uh, the entire time. Um, are you going to the game on Saturday? UW, I am. USC? I will be there. 1230 is kickoff. Uh, the, there, there are lots of celebrations going on prior to. Make sure you wear your make sure you wear your purple. All right. Dory Bennett, Will Sanchez, thanks for listening to NYC. We're out.